Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Beer Palo podcast. How are you guys doing? Ike, what's up? I did, I did, I'm fine. How is everybody? Huh? I think they should be good, but what's up? Chilling. Good. Chilling. Because Liverpool won. <laughs> How about you, Peter? What's up? I'm I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. The weekend was was very, very exciting. Was really exciting to see United play swashbuckling football. So I'm feeling all right. Always, always going off about United, but it's good. Um, speaking about Manchester as a place, we'd like to go to your city rival City and find out um what Ikena saw as of today's game when City took took off um against Tottenham to start off the season. So Ike, how was it for you, and what are your views about the game? Honestly, I would like to say Man City are shite. Yeah, they're useless. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like the whole point. Even before the match, the whole point of like why we signed. I'm seeing saying we are some fan. The whole point, like, why did they sign Grealish? He's a left-sided player that hogs the ball, and Sterling is also left-sided. That sometimes, yeah. although, he's, although he's a good runner, but sometimes he also can like be a holder of the ball. So like it was evident today that when the game was on. Sterling and Grealish were on the same side. Mm-hmm. Like, like the center was mostly like empty. I think Ferran Torres was the only one like close to the box. But Grealish and Sterling during the build up, like during the build up to their attack, we are like on the same side operating in that left, left in that left channel. So you think at least maybe since we are two, we'll be able to like um, terrorize the defending football right like yeah. So it was. Guy, Tangaga had some of them in his pocket, honestly. I think Tangaga should be like the richest man right now with 150 million in his pocket. So I don't, <laughs> I don't even understand what the point of signing Grealish was. I even feel that at least even if you are going to sign Grealish, at least get the more pressing thing first, which should be like a striker. Yeah. Like you can even say that even though they didn't have Kane, they missed Kane. But, but do, you, do you really think they missed a striker's presence today from the game you watched? Should I think I think it's two things actually. I think the first one is having a redundancy in one side, so that actually like reduced the attacking threats like in the main area of the pitch, that's in the opponent's box, and also like maybe sometimes when they got the body, couldn't they weren't able to like have that killer instinct or final pass like delete like to create the chance or score the goal. Things Ferrantor has made some promising runs, and I feel like they don't have enough runners off the ball. That's like I think aside Sterling, which sometimes he can actually be a runner or a ball holder. But yeah. Marius is not a runner. Um, um Grealish isn't a runner. And Mendy yeah. shy. I don't understand how that guy still starts football. I was wondering why Zinchenko. I even thought maybe Zinchenko hadn't even resumed training. I was wondering why he was not even playing at all. I didn't I didn't know he was even on the bench. So it was Mendy. Mendy was really poor, really, really poor. I don't even but, think he was like I, I saw a tweet today about um City's wide wide side and uh, men. Like they were saying about two years ago, we had Sunny on the wing and Sterling, who like people had to or who had the defenders had to always concentrate for 90 minutes or more um because of their movements. But now it's just Grealish and Marius always want the ball to fit and stuff like that. Does that also like play a factor to you to how like Pep is trying to restructure his attack, but it doesn't seem to be coming off as of now? Um the thing is, I think because of although I I don't like Liverpool, but I have to give credit to Klopp. 
the kind of football he plays, like um, in relation to Man City, like how runners are more are sometimes like for people that are not very talented, yeah. how runners are more important to a particular system to thrive. For example, like when Man City, I say during Guardiola's like best years at Man City, that's them eighteen, nineteen, seventeen, eighteen. Like they had this, they had, they, they were moving the ball quickly. Like it was mm-hmm. fast. build up was fast, and they had um, constant runners on different sides. Sterling, um, Sterling, what's this guy's name again? Sunny, Sunny, Sunny. I've forgotten the other person, but they had like constant runners like moving. They were always like in motion. Yeah. The ball wasn't at one place. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know why it is like this now, but they always had runners and movers. Still, they are moving fast. So I was now so like that kind of like helps in disrupting like the um the opponents. That like helps like, in disrupting the opponents like shape. Yeah. yeah. Here and there, but I think maybe should I say and um, open opposing teams adapted and tried focusing on shapes more. Or should I say Sunny Loon? The absence of Sunny Loon has been a big miss. I don't even know. But to be fair, I the match was infuriating, especially Sterling. I don't know if he's good or if he's bad. I don't know if he's inconsistent. Because this guy was, I think since last year... It's has been questionable, I think. It's questionable. Sterling being good or bad. I think he's, he's a good player. He's a good player, but... Ah, Jesus. I, guys, the guy is off me. I can't even, like, I can't even form this one. Inconsistency, well. Yes, yes. Like the, little, the simplest things, you won't even do it. <laughs> I think one that thing this is about Stanley was after Bournemouth went down, he just lost those his free goals that he used to score every season against them. I think he used to score like three or four against Bournemouth every season. Yeah, but he had, they went down last season. Uh, but he had this killer edge. I can't believe I, I got Badu. Sorry, I can't. I can't believe I was comparing the guy to to Salah. Money. So, money. Can Salah. you imagine? Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, let, let me ask Peter. Peter, what do you think about like Mansis now? Because it's obvious that Pep is trying to restructure the attack one way or the other. It's totally different from how we used to play in the 1819, the Centurion season. Like you can see, he's trying to readapt the attack some other way. So, like, what are your views on Pep's change in tactics or something? Uh for me, I feel like it was the attack was a bit chaotic today, you know. Um having to Get uh, Sterling and Grealish on the left side of the pitch. I, they're, they're both ball hoggers, you know. A large part of their game relies on them holding the ball to feet and then, you know, carrying and progressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't really come off. It didn't really come off today. It just, it was just a bit of this and that here and there. It was like Griezmann and Messi back when. Griezmann first moved to um, to Barcelona, you know, both of them kept occupying that half space in front of the defence and they kept getting into each other's way. It's the same scenario with Sterling and Grealish today. It, it, didn't really, it didn't really come off and I feel Pep might have to like, you know, rejig the whole thing, probably move Sterling off into the centre-forward position or try to play him off as a false nine, you know. Uh, Ferran Torres didn't really impress in, in the striker role. But it is what it is. I, I on the last episode of of this podcast, I said going for Grealish was not exactly what City needed yeah. at this point in time. What they needed was a proper out and out striker, and today it was evident in 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 the in the whole in the whole attacking flow. You know, it was just not so coordinated. And I I don't know. There's still 16 more days to the end of the transfer window. Probably City will look to 
you know, deep into the transfer market and then get themselves a proper so striker. And you see things go different. You think it's like something that is going to happen? Is a matter of if. Um, the matter of when now concerning the Kane matter, since Kane did not play against City today. Ah, uh, knowing Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy is a, a hard man, a very very hard man, probably the toughest CEO in like the Premier League, and I do not think um the Kane issue is resolved as of yet. Um, yeah. him not playing today could be because of fitness issues. You know, he didn't partake in Tottenham's um preseason. Season um, fixtures and he's probably, probably uh, out of form, but we'll look to see him um, probably next week or the upper week. And Nuno Espirito Santo has come out to say that um, they've had discussions in house, but he's not going to say anything concerning the matter. So it's left for um, the Sheiks, you know, over at City to you know shell out that prize money that that Daniel Levy is. Really, really, really clamoring for, and we'll see whether they can get their man come the end of the transfer window. Um, also, just to chip in something quickly, I think we are overloading um, Man City's failure a bit without looking at how well Tottenham played today. Like, you know, there are some standard players, and for me, someone that really impressed was Dele Ali. So, how do you see them restructuring the attack with King's absence now? Uh, I it's this is a, this is a very tricky one, but let me just say this. I, I feel it benefited Tottenham a lot that it was Son who was the striker today. You know, his willingness to run in behind the defenders gives them probably something different from what they are used to in Hurricane, you know, having to drop off at times and then be the man creating from the central areas. But today he had Lucas, um Son had Lucas by the side and um, Begwine on the other side. And I felt like it, the, the chemistry, you know, they are very PC, you know, they have they have this willingness to go at the defenders and they are very good individual players, you know. They can they can have a go at you and, you know, get something off of it. But um, I don't know if King is going to come back into this setup, but I really do like this Tottenham attack I'm seeing. Um, Dele Ali is not looking like uh, a, a skeleton of himself from under Moreno's spell. Yeah. Uh, he's a bit energetic and then he's looking more willing to play and, you know, get involved in the game. So it's a really, really, really exciting what Tottenham have to offer this season. Yeah, we'll, we'll be looking forward to Tottenham's um, season and how it folds out. Then also we'd like to switch to Liverpool because we have some Liverpool enthusiasts here. And personally, um, the name that stands out for this weekend has to be um, Salah. Like, obviously, everybody here plays FPO and so on. But Salah scoring five consecutive um, opening on five consecutive opening games is like a very crazy start. And Badu, obviously, you are the guy we are going to ask since you are the Liverpool guy. So. How how have you seen Salah's uprise in Premier League and the price tag that was attached to him? How much has he oversurpassed that price tag and lived up to expectation? Okay. Um, honestly, when we first got him for that five million, I was just expecting another runner who would like chip in with a few goals, help us get top four, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah, he exploded with his first season. But by the 32 goals he scored, he still had, like, weaknesses. 
but still needed to be like improved on. Like his first touch, his ball kind ability, his passing, and I believe that as the years went by, season after season, he kept on improving and he won't stop improving. And yeah. that's what we are saying. Yeah. I think Salah is the kind of player. I don't know. I didn't even like him at all. He's the kind of player that that you think that you think that what he does is actually like you just say he's lucky or he can't be doing this for this long number of times or like for this period. But for five because years, he has he, no tech. Yes, because he's not that pleasing to look at. And, <laughs> and and the thing is that the thing is that he would he would you would think that maybe he would stop. Then for five years he's still scoring goals and everything. Personally, personally, I don't really, I don't, I don't really rate him as one of the. He's good, yeah, he's world class. I don't really rate him as one of the best. Like, I don't really rate him as one of the best. He's one of the best, but I don't really rate him like that high. Should I say? Um, I don't think he's on Kane's level or. Wow. The the, yeah, the, the question is, no, wait, so, that's the. I think Salah. I think Salah is a system player. Even if Mane has been playing nonsense, I don't think he's, I don't even think he's um, Liverpool's best attacker. Like on their own day, on good days. Because the success Liverpool had previously, I think Mane has been more, uh, more pivotal or more important to that success than Salah was. And I'm sorry, it's true. But what do you think? From what I can say. I think Kenna is yawning. <laughs> saying, saying that Salah is not on Kane's level. Saying Salah is not... Uh, see, you, you just need to sit down and like, and like watch them. Manny would, you know, do all the things like a technically gifted winger would do, you know, beat players, you understand, get in the box... But that edge, that edge, like that hunger to score, money doesn't have it. Yeah, we're not in Hollywood movie. It is hunger. It's just ability and no, maybe ability on the not, pitch. It's nothing. It's not, it's nothing about ability. Wait, chill. What, 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 what I'm saying, I'm not saying Salah is. I'm not saying Salah is bad. Like he's not bad at all. But if you, but if you give me between Salah, Kid or. Or De Bruyne, I'll take I'll take Kane and De Bruyne over Salah before I choose Salah. That's the thing. I don't think Salah will be that effective outside of Jurgen Klopp's system. Uh, okay, okay, you can uh, oblige me, please. What does Jurgen Klopp instruct Salah to do? Since is a system that is like uh, is is the because of the system that we score a lot of goals. Like, what does Jurgen Klopp like? Is it, isn't it the basic get the ball, cut inside and shoot, get the ball, cut inside. Find somebody with a cross. Get the ball. Cut inside. And you keep saying club uh, uh, system as if he's telling Salah to, you know, um, the do way, something else. Yeah, yeah, it seems that the way Liverpool play, the way Liverpool play, it's just the best, it's just the match made in heaven, just the best thing for Salah. And the way Liverpool <laughs> plays, like, they have this particular, although teams do it too, but they have these particular, like, structures, how you have to, like, play the ball in quick ways to stretch the teams. And I and I give Salah space or force your opponents into errors. So I even like there's sometimes that I don't like. I think Salah, if Salah for me, Salah is very easy. Very. But I think money is more difficult, or even for me, it's more difficult to defend against. <laughs> See, uh, 
<laughs> Wait, so yeah. What you said about uh, the way Liverpool play, I can admit that uh, Salah fits or Klopp has like, st- like Klopp has like hammered it into him, our style of play, and like that is like, uh, and that's one of the reasons why he's performing as he's performing. But you can I tell you so that in world football, when when it comes to making runs. Nobody does it as good as Salah. When it's, he comes to getting his head up and making like runs, nobody does it better than Salah. I, I, I think you have, you have to actually paint the picture for him to an extent. Like you have to okay. paint a good picture for him. Like okay. this guy, this guy has this guy has two golden boots. This guy has the record Premier League goals. And um, what else does he have? Uh, OJ, he, he's two goals off joining the 100 club. Who is on 98? 98. Ah, that's... Ah, that's crazy. That's really crazy. So what? I will, I will not stand here and watch you disrespect my goods. Hi. It's even fun, funny to me, to an extent, that he's saying money. Money is the like choosing one out of our front three. When even um while the whole front our whole team was shit last season, Salah was still honestly, and battling for the golden boots. Yeah, OJ, I, that's, what, that's what I wanted to tell you. Like Ikena was there, he was present, like he was existing last season. He saw what we saw, like with our eyes. He saw the shambolic mess that money was last season, and how Salah had to like practically like give us the, like dish us like third position in a platter. Mm, it's still it's still very crazy to me. Well well it still depends on him having different views on like what Salah is and how Liverpool have structured to play. Also regard regarding the um, Liverpool issue, how do you see the game structured like from this weekend's performance and so on? Okay. I think from uh you know you know Liverpool playing now with our fullbacks getting as high as possible down the way. Yeah. Then uh, Klopp now, like from what I saw, instructed Miona to like get in just in front of the defensive line so that he can give Keita and Chamberlain freedom to yeah. express themselves. Yeah. Like get into those half spaces, drop those like passes, you understand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what I noticed. It's it's actually Good seeing um the defenders back and seeing if I would play with their proper structure and how they plan to play initially. Well, aside from Salah grabbing the headlines this weekend, we also saw um Bruno Fernandez. Like that was very for him to score a hat trick. I mean, they, I don't think you can say anything more about him. So Peter, what what what, what did you think? You obviously being a United fan and I think you had him on your FPL team, so you must have been happy about that one. Yes, 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 yes. As a United fan, it was it was very satisfying actually to you know see Bruno go off and deliver a proper masterclass in front of the OT audience. Um, the game the game really started very 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 techy. You know, um, Leeds kept trying to pin us back. You know, try to duel us. You know, very, very, very physical. Kept going at us, and up until when we scored the first goal, we were finding 
uh, a bit of space in between the lines, but it just didn't come off, you know, that Boba miss, you know, very, very unforgivable miss that, that I felt at some point I was screaming. It was, I thought the ball was in the back of the net already, but it turned out that that didn't go on. But coming back to Bruno, um, playing Greenwood up top, you know, in the center forward position, kind of give him the, the freedom to um, go on and like wreck havoc behind Leeds defensive line. Um, Greenwood quite drifted off a lot in the game, you know. Yeah, kept dripping off, drifting off into the wide areas to allow Bruno, you know, move into those spaces that he vacated. And the Leeds defenders had a very, very hard time, you know, tracking his runs. It was very, very evident in the third goal, you know, the pass from Lindelof all the way from deep inside United's half, and you know, just it just it was just crazy how. He pulled that off like a proper number nine, and I, I, the game was exhilarating to be honest. Boba's four assists, you know, also didn't go under the radar, and I, it was very exciting to be honest as a United fan. Well, on the general balance of play, I, I had a few questions about how we are going to progress the season without a proper defensive midfielder. Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah, a lot of people can notice. This is a bad midfield option. I, I was, I was, I was just going to that right now, and I felt like it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't gel. Honestly speaking, Leeds for most parts of the game, you know, and whenever Leeds you are on the front foot or whenever they had the ball, they kept dragging Fred and McTominay all over the pitch, and it was very evident in the goal. You know, look, Ealing's call. I mean, he had, he had a whole lot of time. He picked his spot and then he hit it. I mean, there was nobody close to him. None of the defenders were none of the defensive midfielders were close to him, and it was it was it was proper 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 bad. You know, the defensive midfield. Uh, I, I don't think Ole is really looking to go into the market to fix that problem. But I feel United have a real problem on their hands if they don't get that sorted out this season. Mm. But personally, from the game I watched, I think McTominay and Fred were quite okay, especially how. There was a bit of a disruption. I, I think you also mentioned that about Bruno trying to like take off runs from Greenwood, bringing out the dragging out defenders. We also found something going on in the center with um McTominay trips like busting forward. You also noticed that and Fred's goal, you could see him busting forward into the box. Like there's yeah. a lot of flexibility with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which you might not give that, proper I, I feel like that's that's like the big of Ole's tactics as United. He Ole is Ole is one to allow his players, you know, go onto the pitch and express themselves. And it's it's not new to see McTominay going into finding himself in those very advanced positions or afraid going into those advanced positions. I mean, in this same fixture, the last season, the game at Ultra for that ended six two. McTominay found himself in Leeds' final, um, the final third, and he scored two goals from there. And it's it kind of repeated. It was yeah. a similar scenario yesterday at um, Old Trafford. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying on the balance of play. If if we continue this way, I mean, against teams that are a bit more technical, a bit more, a bit more feisty, you get um would would suffer really if we continue to go with um the the McFred McFred pairing. Um, also, also something that really, really helped the balance of play for United yesterday was we kind of 
moved into a 4-2-2-2 formation. Um, Boma and um, Bruno sort of played as it. You get, I, I don't know if any of you guys noticed it, but they sort of played as, as it in that game. And yeah. it's, it, it kind of also helped how, you know, the game progressed and leads you are not just able to cope with the constant change of, uh, of formation and change of shape and all of that. But going into the new season, I think... Um, this this performance was really really inspiring. I just do hope that we keep on with this performance, and we'll see how how far we can get on this so season. Personally, I wish you guys the worst. So, my, you wishing us the worst here in Liverpool fans. So, I'll, I'll perfectly <laughs> understand that. Well, but man, you know, is like, like, man is like the most inconsistent big team ever. So I'm 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 I won't be surprised that they think they're going to win the league now. You don't you don't you must match. No, you don't consider us a big team then. You don't consider us a big team. United are the most inconsistent big team. My my United will win it in August as always. Like now, Pogba is in August. Like now, Pogba is the best player now in the world. <laughs> I I can you remember in twenty six or seven six no when only first came that they were comparing Pogba to Zidane. <laughs> My you know, it was the, the it was funny it was funny you know I saw uh, a lot of tweets on on Twitter on the timeline um, saying how Pogba has already um, surpassed his um, assist tally from the last two seasons. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's quite funny because a lot of people, you know, they, he gets a lot of um, a lot of stick for being very, very inconsistent. And honestly speaking, I'm not going to defend him on that. He's he's not a player to show up so many times. And for that price tag and for that reputation that you've built, you've built around yourself, you should you should you should offer more. You should you should be more present. You know, that's that's that, this sort of stuff that Bruno offers to this United team and. Uh, hopefully, we are, we are saying that we want to see more of this as United fans. We want to see more of this. We want to see him, you know, give give more. He's he's entered into the final um, months of his contract. Hopefully, we'll see him um, sign an extension and then the good life at Old Trafford continues. I hope not. Anyways, let's let's move on to um, La Liga for some time. Let's see. Um, we've seen the leaders at Let's Go play today, this afternoon, or this evening against hey, Cardiff. What did the What did the game end? They won two one. Ah, Barcelona. They are playing now. They are playing. I think they are winning three zero now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barcelona up three nil. Uh, Atletico won two one. And held Korea brace. Um, very very unusual. Uh, but yes, Atletico did win that game. I think. Looking at back, Barcelona are winning 3-0. I think Messi is a fraud. He was holding this team back. Don't you don't you think so, Ikena? For them to easily be breezing past um, this team, like Messi was holding uh, them back or something. Uh, yeah, that yeah, that's how that's how that's how that's how everybody's gonna start talking now. That's how everybody, that's what everybody's gonna start saying now because they are by chance. They, not I won't say by chance because they are by beating, chance. No, I'm not. That was a mistake. I said because they are beating like an, a good team like Sociedad three zero without Messi. Obviously, the headlines would be like, would we need Messi? Messi was holding us back or something. I think maybe, but personally, I think 
Barcelona might be better off without Messi, especially for the other players like Griezmann and Cook. Yeah. So yeah, so everybody winning this situation, everybody win. But I heard about, I heard this, I heard yesterday that this guy is Madrid who actually played very well yesterday, like on like last season. What do oh you my think? god! I I think anyone that has like um, a Hazard king, if I should call it something like that, because Hazard sexuals. <laughs> I always going up about Hazard. You, need, you, you should have watched that game yesterday. Hazard was, was was on something else. Although he did not score, but like was playing like close to his price tag for the first time in a long while. Uh, I, what held Hazard? What has been holding Hazard back was the injuries. And the guy is not a serious footballer. Like he's not a serious professional at all, at all. And I know. Really? I remember when I used to worship this guy, especially in secondary school. Like I couldn't even see any faults in him. I said, Chelsea lose 5 1 as long as Hazard scores, I'll be happy. This does not make me a fake Chelsea fan, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I think Barcelona just, they just considered now it's 3 1. So, yeah. But Hazard, honestly, I'll be happy for him if he actually like gets back to being fit and being consistent with his performances. You get by. Kena is no different from only sexual swear. Guy, Peter, you just want to find a way to like bring Man U back into the conversation. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> When when we're in La Liga, guy, <laughs> okay, who so everybody? So who's going to now start? Who's going to get? Um, so who's actually going to be following La Liga now? That maybe Messi is not there. Like although many of us are not, many people don't watch La Liga maybe without Messi. Oh, I I think it's personally for me from what I saw from um the game from Real Madrid yesterday. I think we are poised for a more exciting balanced La Liga because obviously a team that has Messi is not balanced to the other teams although for some time now Baka was struggling being shit in some games getting trashed by Bayern and so on but let's not go, go to that part I'm just saying like the teams are more level, like on a level basis now like Messi obviously raises Baka's chances more than every other team but like everybody is balanced to an extent so looking at it now I think we are in for a more exciting season compared to others because there's a bit of uncertainty or pre- unpredictability to what is coming. But do you think so too? Yes, uh, I do. I do. The fact that um, Messi isn't a Barcelona anymore shouldn't change the shouldn't change the fact that uh, La Liga is still an interesting league. And yeah, uh, yeah. Like and now that, and now that like that power, that like main power, has been moved from uh, Barcelona. Other teams that formerly thought that ah, since Barcelona is a Messi, there's no chance for can now like take the fight to Barca and like push them to the edge. You understand? Yeah. But excuse me, why are we talking as if Baka we are formidable, like even with Messi, like last season and the season before? That, no, that's, I, I'm not that's the point. Like, Messi is okay. arguably like the best player in the world. Let's let's be honest. Uh, anything that has the best player in the world always has like this one zero advantage before the game even kicks off. So like that, yeah. that would have been maybe the mindset of some teams in La Liga that ah Messi is playing. We have to like change our whole setup to like KG or something or change our setup to defend more with five at back, something like that. Exactly. Hey, can I say something? Barcelona just considered again. So it's three two. 
So, whatever is whatever is <laughs> you. Why is it sweet to you? It's not sweet to me per se, but guy uh, actually sweet. Yeah, I can see Fogba. Fogba, guy. Sorry, this might be. Yeah, Fogba. I'm sorry. Don't worry, we are explicit. Don't worry. Uh, I, I I just wanted to chip in that um the La Liga this season is is looking more like the Karim Benzema league right now. Um, obviously the poster boy for the La Liga has moved over to PSG, and I feel like it's it's it's. Benzema's time to you know shine. You know he's been under the under the radars and under the shadows of Messi, Suarez, and Cristiano Ronaldo for too long. I think this is his time to you know really, really, really come into the limelight. Yeah, and it you the maybe a first one for. Him now that Messi is no longer in the very first assist in his new colors. Um, also on the topic of Hazard, I feel this is this is the first time you know that we we are seeing the real Hazard. You know, since he moved to Real Madrid, he was he was he was quite smooth yesterday. Uh, he provided the first assist for Karim Benzema, and um, seeing Baka uh, just considered uh, a second one, so it's three two now and. I, I I said on the last episode that this this Barca team are better off without Messi. You know, they are they are they are a team with good players individually. The the front line is a bit more balanced now with Griezmann, uh, Martin Brightwhite, and also uh, Memphis Depay. So it looks it looks really exciting. They were three zero up early in the second half, and I don't know what what just happened to the defense, and they've considered to but. That's 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 not to matter much. I feel like they'll see of this game and you know probably improve on that aspect of their game going forward into the new season. Yeah. Um quickly, um let's look at the Mbappe situation because there are reports coming out from Spain that Madrid are ready to train 120, 150M at PSG and see if they can woo him this season before because obviously the reports have been coming out that oh he's not going to sign, he's not going to sign. So um Peter also, like, do you think it's going to be a smart move for Madrid to try and like spend that money 150 or 124 Mbappe this year, or they should just wait with the possibility of him renewing as the season goes on? Um, Madrid should buy their time, you know, wait till next season. They'll eventually get clear on Mbappe. I, I, it's, a, it's not a matter of, um, it's, a, it's just a matter of when. I, I don't think PSG will be able to hold out for so long. There's Messi, there's Neymar, there's Angel Di Maria, there's Icardi over at PSG. Sooner or later, he Kylian Mbappe will be fed up with the life at PSG and he'd probably want to move. I feel Madrid should just hold on. They have a really good squad. They have all it takes, you know, to go for the La Liga this season. They should just hold on. I, I, I really do not think uh, Florentino Perez is interested in, you know, splashing that huge amount of money this summer anyways. So I feel like they should just chill out, probably wait for next summer and then go for their man to get him eventually. Um, Ikena, he said something about Real Madrid having a good squad. Personally, I, um, I have questions about it because they have Lucas Vasquez playing right back. The centre-back situation looks like they are not going to sign anyone and then... Um, Asensio seems like the backup right winger behind them, Bill, who started last 
last week against um, this last game week against Alaves. Do you think they have a good score to challenge for La Liga or even the Champions League this season? Yeah, of course. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. They can actually challenge on all fronts. Uh, something I want to go back to is this this love for I want to say this obsession for Mbappe, especially by Madrid fans. So, like, do, personally, do you even think that we, we, let's say by chance he gets there this summer? Do you think he'll solve their problems? Uh, he's he's an answer to more problems than you think, actually. Because uh, me, I don't think he's me. I don't think he's. Let's say, let's say now, let's say he let's say he plays as a striker, as a number nine. Now he doesn't have the attributes to be a number nine. I wouldn't say. I, I when I mean attributes, I mean like that's the one that takes it to ne- next level. Like the like he's not as well rounded as Benzema. See, I feel Mbappe is as good as Zirona. So if he's going to operate like centrally, what happens to Benzema? How will Benzema now operate? Do you get what I'm saying? Like say yeah, Benzema, yeah, yeah. when Benzema was playing Ronaldo, Ronaldo usually comes comes in from the left. Yeah. But Mbappe doesn't Mbappe, as good as he is, I just feel like he's like a he's just like a or I say a baby looking for a baby looking for a this thing. Let me shut up first. I just feel like he's not like he's good, but he's not like I don't feel he's the right answer to remember these problems. And I feel it's going to be an over expensive answer. Do you understand? Yeah. But personally, for me, I think um, I'll, I'll throw this question to Badu now. Like, it seems Chelsea wanted um, Haaland and they obviously signed Lukaku for 115 M. So that um, striker situation is gone. And from the reports, we are hearing that he has a 75 million release clause in his um, contract with Dortmund. So, do you have a possibility in your mind that? He's going to Madrid or Bayern are going to like oh Lewandowski is getting old and let's try and sneak this guy up. What do you think is going through Haaland's mind now, Badu? I think that uh Madrid is what is going through his mind. Since uh moving so I, I I don't know how he thinks. I'm just I'm I'm just assuming. Since yeah. moving from from Dortmund to Bayern. There won't be like any change of uh, environment. He still will be in the same Germany, playing the same Bundesliga. Yeah. But moving to a club like Madrid, you know, a club with so much prestige and history, it will make more sense as a youngster in his position. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I think we, will be going through. Is but do we think? Do we think Madrid's actual problem is is buying a striker, having a striker? But they need a face. Madrid always have a face. Guy, face or not, like on the. Pitch, are you are you saying say Benzema is not be the face for Madrid? Are you saying Benzema is not fit to be the poster boy? Benzema what is this your love for Benzema? Like, what happened? Since when? Guy, yeah, Peter is a fool. I don't know what Peter is saying. My own is that. <laughs> My own is that. I don't think Madrid needs like I don't think a striker is their actual problem. I think where they are lacking is in the midfield because most of these big matches that they lost, they got like they got wiped off. They like they got destroyed in the midfield, like against Chelsea or Man City the previous season. So why are you looking for a striker? Also, maybe they need fullbacks too. So why are you looking for a striker that will cost like will cost like two Premier League clubs? Or you can just bet, like, get just get use the money and get like midfielders or like and fullbacks that will balance your team. Right. Why look for? You why know, Madrid. You know, Madrid is like a luxury. Uh, Peter, I, I, I speak. 
Doctor's not saying anything. Okay, as I was saying, you know, Madrid is like a luxury club. So, buying of like an Mbappe or Haaland is just, as OJ said, poster boy, feast. You understand? Yeah, Madrid are broke, man. They can't. Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. They are broke. They Madrid are, they are, are not broke, guys. Madrid are not broke. Papa, Florentino Perez has a plan. I think he, he has um, a plan that he's, he's diligently following through with. Guys, do not be, do not fall for that. Madrid are not broke. Next season, they'll probably get Mbappe and they'll probably fix the issues in the defense. You know, probably get the right back and probably a new center back to fill in the gap for um, Banana Rabo. I didn't get that, but do. Do they need Mbappe? I, I feel they like do. they do. In the long run, they do. I'm Vinicius, Vinicius Jr. is not a player that you want to rely on going forward. I, I think they certainly do need Mbappe. Yeah, Peter, I didn't know that Perez employed you to like give him advice. Well, I think it's it's going to be a very complicated situation. And since the window, the window, um, the transfer window clock is ticking and deals are getting close as the season is like starting up so i think that would be all for this week's episode but last before we go what did you score in fpl i think that should be a very funny funny way to close out but what did you score this week or oh, you don't play i know you go for me like i i you, you just see my position <laughs> oh, start from. I, I just mean, but you're you you just favorite yeah you're just favorite so you go for you first usually Okay, I got a 67. It's a strong start, but we'll build up on it. We'll move up, you understand? Are you challenging for um, Europa? <laughs> <laughs> it's a gradual process. Peter, how did you just go this week? I haven't checked, but the last I checked was 87. On God, if I... I do catch David Moyes outside. Me and him will have will have a really really big fight. I mean, what? Why did he bench Yamolenko? I mean, I was banking on him to deliver big for me, but the, the week was too bad. If you are David Moyes, would you play Yamolenko? Yeah, I'll play. I'll probably play Yamolenko. He has experience, Premier League experience, and that's and that's that on that, guys. Me. I think I scored 94. I'm even angry, so because this idiot, I don't know why I went to go and get Ferran Torres. I thought maybe, like, since he's now like a starter, if yeah. he score goals, he'll score goals through them. And I've missed out on my world key prize, like my weekly prize. Imagine for what? Yeah, yeah, I can plummet it from like 10th to 16th. Really, Berrava and Antonio scored. Guy, that Antonio finished me. Guys, see what I celebrated that he missed that penalty. I didn't even know they would give him assist for Susha scoring the rebound. Guy was dying. Guy, Antonio finished me, guy. Anyway, shall just equal cool way to, to end, end this one on the high, high notes. So, guys, um, where can they find you? By the way, can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at bad underscore o underscore o. How about you, um, IK? Where can we find you? I don't know why someone will be looking for me, Sha, but you can look for Ikena54 on Twitter. Okay, Peter, where can we find you? All right, the handle on Twitter is whitewalker with a double E underscore, whitewalker underscore on Twitter. Yeah, this okay, Peter, so many underscores. Now, wow. Jesus. 
then um oj where can we find you yes you can find me on oj underscore 10 and you can also find us on the beer parlor podcast underscore on instagram and the beer parlor podcast oh sorry the bp podcast underscore on twitter have a blast and see you guys next week